Good evening, everybody. It's Jim Maceno and College Hoops Chat Radio Show, our weekly college basketball show. We have a lot of fun every Monday night at 8 o'clock, and I'm happy to be back for another show. I'm very happy to tell you that the man with his own hashtag is here tonight with us in the studio. We have Kenny from Rye. Kenny, say hello. James, it's great to be here. All right, his real name is Kenny Nixon. We grew up together. Uh, not only did we go to grammar school together, we went to high school together. So I know this guy my whole life. We both love sports. So when I started the show, Kenny wanted to get involved. And he's been on every single show except one when he was on a plane but due to his son. To, if the plane was late due to his son's college graduation, I think that's a pretty good excuse, Ken. That is, that is. And it was late, otherwise I would have been on. Uh, this is Kenny from Rye. Uh, we have another caller for the show from my high school class who called last week, Mitch from Pitt. So if you're one of my classmates from the class of 81 and 9, uh, I own a prep. If you do call the show, we will find you a hashtag. Don't you worry. You'll get your own hashtag. All right, so I'm Jim Maysano. Let me do some uh, announcements, and then we have a caller. Uh, we're going to go right to the phone line tonight. So it's an open line tonight. Everybody can call and chat with me and Kenny from Rye. Uh, but I do want to make some announcements. So we have decided, because um, they're in the middle of the summer, people aren't exactly following college basketball, and uh, that is really the main thing we do here, or we, although we have allowed some other sports in the last uh, month or so, but we're going to take a summer break. That's the big decision. So after tonight, uh, we're not going to have a show on July 5th, because that's the official July 4th federal holiday, uh, but we'll be back on July 12th, and that'll be our last show, uh, and then we're going to take a... Um, summer break. And that summer break will go to Labor Day weekend, and then we'll come back the first Monday after Labor Day weekend, which is September 3rd. So uh, we'll take a little break, we'll recharge, we'll be all ready to start doing preseason previews in September uh, for uh, the season of 2021-2022, which should be really exciting with no COVID, fans in the stands, it should be really great. So we have tonight's show, we're off next week. Back July 12th. Now, one other thing, scheduling-wise. July 12th is going to be an important show. Because July 7th is the deadline for players currently with their names in the NBA draft who didn't hire an agent. They're allowed to pull out up to July 7th. All right? So that's uh, coming up that date. And there, uh, we're going to talk later in the show. We're going to work it in. But we've been focusing the Kyle Troops Chat radio show on several players who seem to be on the bubble. The bubble of whether they go pro or not. And these uh, players, each and every one of them, is a major difference maker. I mean, uh, if they come back to their college, it's more likely the team makes the NCAA tournament. It's more likely they win games in the NCAA tournament. It's more likely they win their conference championship. These are big-time, top college basketball players who are in the draft right now. And I think of the list that we're going to talk about tonight, I think the majority will go back to college and they're going to be big-time players. That's why we're going to know on July 12th what those finals decisions were. And we'll talk. Uh, we're going to really now know what these teams look like going into next season after July 7th. All right? So uh, July 12th is our next show after tonight. All right. So, on the Kenny, do you want to add anything? No, I just think it's a great point to mention on the last show. Because right now, a lot of teams don't know their roster. Even if you go onto the website of the school, which I've done a few times, it's kind of loose. There may be only five people listed on the on the men's basketball team. So on that date, the top programs will know exactly who their who their roster is going to be for the most part, uh, starting in September as they come back to school. 
I mean, there are teams literally right now holding a spot open for one of these guys to come back if they're not a senior. And um, they're holding a spot open, and uh, they have somebody ready to transfer in if they don't come. So there's a lot uh, a lot of moving pieces of what happens with this list that we'll talk about later. All right. So as you know, I've mentioned it on the show. We've had some callers. I attended St. Bonaventure, at least started at St. Bonaventure. Uh, uh, didn't do as well as I should have at the great St. Bonaventure University, but it is a great school and has a terrific basketball program for decades. And we have a caller on the line who went to St. Bonaventure when I was there. Uh, he made it. He did much better remaining at St. Bonaventure, but we are both St. Bonaventure fans this day. Joe, are you there? Hey, Jim, how are you? Hi, so this is Joe Blumenauer. Not only did I see him up at St. Bonaventure in my freshman year, but I used to see him around New Rochelle in Bronxville uh, when we were on break, so we had friends in common. Uh, so, Joe, welcome to the radio show. Thanks. Great to be with you. Let's you go Bonas. You too, Kenny. Go Bonas. Go Bonas. Now, Kenny went to Providence and uh, a similar school like St. Bonaventure, a small Catholic school with a great historical basketball tradition. Providence and St. Bonaventure, both of them. So, Joe, um, so have you remained a huge uh, St. Bonaventure fan since you walked out the door uh, back in the 1980s? Yeah, I bleed brown and white. Oh, I like that. Uh, in fact, a bunch of us, me, a, a friend, uh, Chris Hofstede from Larchmont, and others do like an 80s weekend every year where we get 80s you know, people back to do a fundraiser for the uh, Bon Athletic Fund. Oh, that's great, Joe. It's really cool. Yeah, um, it's a lot now, of fun. Now, I, know that you, we, I saw you once at the Fordham St. Bonaventure game, and then you saw me once at Iona game. So next time we see each other at the game, we got to sit together. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Sounds good. Now, tell me, yeah. before we get into St. Bonaventure, I know from Twitter you have a daughter who's a real good basketball player, right? Yeah, my my daughter Tori has she's going into her junior year at Ursuline. She's played varsity since eighth grade. Wow! And she's all over the place. Every state in the union she's hit already this year. With travel, travel basketball, and all that. Oh yeah. Well, AAU, they have AAU for the girls too, right? Yep. And uh, what position does she play? Uh, she's a point guard, shooting guard. Oh, because you're tall. Man, I was thinking like she might be a forward like you. I'm waiting. You're waiting for a big growth spurt? <laughs> waiting for that growth spurt, yeah. But uh, she's a great dribbler. You know, first thing first thing I ever got on a court, because I wasn't a great dribbler, was made sure she could dribble backwards and forwards and through her legs and everything else. So, um, Well, that's worked, great. She's she, worked really hard. She hoping to play in college? Hopefully. That would yeah, be great. She's getting some feelers. Yeah, D1, D2, D3. Right. Well, good luck to you on that. I know that's going to make uh, your family's life a little complicated. Uh, look, it's hard enough to apply a college to begin with. When you got to work in applying to be uh, a college athlete, that's even more uh, complicated. Uh, she loves it. Good. Well, good. Well, good luck to your daughter. And since we went to Iona Prep, Kenny and I, we will certainly root for the Ursula Koalas. There you go. All right, Ursula Koalas. We, we, root, for, we root for Ursula, no problem. All they, right, so Joe, tell me have about a girl going to Notre Dame this year. What's that? They have a girl who's going to Notre Dame this year. Is that the Citron girl? Yep, she'll be a freshman. She's amazing. Oh wow, yeah, I've actually seen her name in the paper so many times. Yeah. That's great, really exciting. All right, so tell me um, how you're feeling about the St. Bonaventure basketball program after a very successful year, except not the greatest game in first round of the NCAA tournament, but a pretty great season. 
Yeah, I mean, they were still pretty young, no seniors. Uh, the bench has actually totally left, and they've been replaced. They've actually upgraded. They got a kid who's like 6'4", six, 6'8", six, I mean, two, two, 245 from Pitt. Um, got a kid from Wake Forest. They got a freshman coming in, actually two freshmen from Denmark. One of them played for, I think it was Fork Union Academy in Virginia. He's 6'8", has a 40-inch vertical leap, and has a 7'2 wingspan. So they're, they're looking good, not just for this year. All five starters are back, but, you know, years to come. So, I, I, so I've been following a little bit about the movement with St. Bonaventure, and I hear a guy to really keep an eye on. Uh, he'll probably be in the rotation off the bench. His name is Linton Brown. He went to Juco Indian River, which is a right. major powerhouse in Juco. And he was one of the best players on the team, 18.4 points a game. Uh, I know St. Bonavich was really excited to get him. He should be like instant offense off the bench. Yeah, you did your homework. Yeah, for sure. He's, he's supposed to be very good as well. Now, the guy from Pitt is Kareem uh, Kubali, something like that. Six foot eight, uh, big guy. He was in the rotation with Pitt last year. Uh, that's a nice pickup. Um, yeah. They they also uh, got the kid from Wake Forest. Now he didn't play a lot for Wake Forest, but he was a big recruit for Wake Forest. His name is Quadri Adams. He's six foot four guard. Uh, that may turn out to be a really good pickup. Yeah, and he actually went to the same high school as Lofton in New Jersey. Oh wow! I love oh. Lofton. I got to tell you, I watch every St. Bonaventure game. And he is such a mature uh, leader on the court. He's uh, a really terrific college point guard. Uh, thank God he's on the team. I mean, when they really need someone to take control in the last five minutes of a close game against a St. Louis or a Dayton or one of these strong teams in the uh, A-10, uh, Lofton's just terrific. Yeah, I felt bad for him with the LSU game because uh, he didn't have a great, he had a bad great game. game. But he'll learn. He'll learn yeah. from that. Well, look, they, they're... Last year, they won not only the regular season of the A-10, they won the tournament, and they, you know, they didn't have a great game, but they made a little comeback against LSU, who did win a couple of games. So I, I think, you know, St. Bonaventure is really going to the season with this new bench of a lot of talent, starting five back, a terrific coach. Uh, I'm feeling really good about them to be uh, the top team in the Atlantic 10 again. Yeah, they're top 25 preseason. I know, I've been seeing that. They get ranked so... So let's go Bonus. Joe, I'm so glad you called. I think uh, we and I will go to a game this year. We'll have some fun. You don't want to talk uh, old-time Iona hoops? <laughs> uh, you going back to Iona College, you mean? Well, I've been going to Iona games since probably 1965. My dad was a grad, and right. um, it used to be Iona. The, the gym they had on campus had nails coming up, so they'd play at Iona Prep. Oh, I didn't realize that. So, uh, so uh, listen, Kenny and I, uh, probably our first college basketball games we ever went to was Iona College in the 70s. We, like, go on the altar boy class trip and things like that from our school, St. John and Paul's. And, you know, we got, I remember the guy I remember that they recruited that really was like one of, when, right when Valvano got there, that kind of put them on the map that they were starting to get, like, three, four-star plays, was a guy named Dave Brown. He was really good. Do you remember Dave Brown? 
Sure. I used to. He used to work at a brokerage firm in White Plains. I used to see him all the time. Wow, he was really good. I but mean, before before him was Kevin Bass. Yeah, Kevin Bass, right? Was first. You're right. That was the first big recruit. Brown second, but a guy like Brown, he could have played in the ACC. I mean, he was that good. He broke his leg, though. Yeah. Yeah, he was a really good player. Then, of course, after that, you got Glenn Vickers and Kevin Hamilton, and then the big catch of all time, Jeff Ruland. Uh, and all of a sudden, you had a team that went to the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament and uh, lost a heartbreaker to Georgetown in, uh, uh, I guess that's what, 1980, 1980, when we were juniors. Yeah, if you if you compare that team to St. John's team with Wennington and uh, Chris Brust and all those guys, it's it's very comparable. Like, sure. Great, great shooting forward, great power forward, center, and backcourt. I believe my whole life, and uh, I'll never be able to be proven wrong, I'm convinced of the point, had Iona got past Georgetown in the Sweet 16, mm-hmm. they could have been a Final Four team that year. They had that level of talent. Because never forget, they beat Louisville, who won the national championship. I was there. You were there. Kenny, anything you want to add on this? They no, I was just going to ask you, they Joe. Kansas, too. Yeah, if you, if you look back, I mean, where the program has come, obviously from nails on the floor to now a completely redone arena, which is obviously going to be helpful for the recruiting process. But from a standpoint of what 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 do you think Iona has to do uh, going forward since you follow it so closely to take that next step uh, beyond just kind of winning the MAC? Leave the MAC. Well, unfortunately, that's not going to be the case anytime soon. So, but if, if you if you look at that, I mean, does, does is it better games? Is it better recruits? I mean, the, the model that he set out there for is Gonzaga, which obviously is a high standard to say the least. So that right. it seems like you know you've got to get on the road early and play those games, but those games get tougher and tougher to play because again, people don't want to take you know out of conference losses on in teams that are on the you know on the bubble, quote unquote. Yeah, Iona has always had uh, they've always had or they've always played up preseason. Um, you know, go anywhere, play anyone type of thing. Uh, and from what I saw the team last year, they looked pretty strong. And they got three big transfers. I mean, I own his transfers. Just, you know, they got a guy from Louisville. They got a guy from Tulsa. They got a guy from SMU. They're all starters. They're all really good players. They're going to be very high-level MAC players with the team, as Joe just said, that's coming back that's pretty good. So when you put these three, the Louisville, SMU, and Tulsa transfers with this young, uh, talented roster and some good freshmen coming in. My, my prediction is Iona's going to win about 25 games coming out of the MAC tournament. That's my prediction. We'll see what happens. Yeah, somehow it seems, you know, same with Bonaventure. Uh, some teams have really upgraded, you know, off of the, you know, the transfer portal. They did. I, I think is up to almost 1,700. Yep. And there's about uh, still about 400 out there that nobody took. There's about 400 kids in the transport that nobody uh, uh, has even contacted. So they're believe it or not, some of those kids may not even play this year because they're not on the team. Yeah, hopefully they've been studying. Yeah, maybe they're studying. All right, Joe, listen, thank you so much for calling. Call again, hey. and I want to go to a game with you next year, so let's chat about that on Twitter. Sounds good. All right, U- thanks. UConn in New Jersey, that's the word. UConn in Newark, Bonnie's. Okay, well, all right, well, that's a game we'll go to. You're, I'm in. Kenny from Rye will come with us. Absolutely, right. that's a good one. All right, Joe, thanks for the call. Nice to Take chat care, again. guys. All right, thanks. Bye. All right, that's Joe Blumenauer, a guy I went to St. Bonaventure with and um, grew up in Bronxville. I think he's still living in Bronxville right now and uh, a good guy and a lot of fun to hang out with.
back in the day, back in the college days. All right, Kenny, let's go through that list a little bit uh, that I put together um, of guys who are currently in the transfer portal that are kind of on the bubble of the transfer portal, meaning that they're, uh, I'm sorry, did I say transfer portal? I meant NBA draft. They're in the NBA draft. Their names are there. They didn't hire an agent. They so they can they still have their eligibility. They can go back uh, into college. And these guys are in the bubble in that they may go in the second round of the draft. They may not go in the second round of the draft. Uh, they got to make a big decision before July seventh. Go back to college. Stay in the draft. Hope they get in the NBA. If not, the G League or maybe go to Europe or something. Uh, so the reason I, I, I I'm I'm concentrating on these guys. Every single guy, we'll go through them, some of them now, they are a major college player that they're coming back to their school is a major addition uh, for their team. And again, they're probably going to go further in the tournament. They're going to do better in their conference tournament, and they're going to win more games if they show up. I'm going to start with the first guy, and we all remember him. The whole country remembers him. Johnny Jusang for UCLA, 16 points a game. He was on fire in the NCAA tournament. He was one of the very best players in America in the NCAA tournament, brought them to the Final Four. Kenny, that's a guy, he goes back to UCLA. They may be going back to the Final Four. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the list, and it's interesting because, uh, you know, this is we're looking at guys that are second-rounders. And the, obviously the challenge here is the second-rounder, as we all know, is not guaranteed anything. The, the first round is guaranteed contracts. The second round is basically, for the most part, a one-year deal, and then you've, you've got to kind of make the team. And I think these the young men on this list here have to do something extraordinarily well. And I will say that uh, Johnny Juzang, he, he stepped up his, his uh, resume big time in, in the tournament. But I think you're looking at this and certain guys who have high, let's call them points per game, they're going to have to show in these camps whether they can shoot. Uh, we have obviously learned from the NBA that if you can't shoot from the outside, the teams don't want you anymore. We've got seven-footers seven footer shooting three-pointers. So that'll be very interesting. He's someone I do think, though, from the standpoint of the league he played, he will probably stay in, my guess is, because I'm sure he's gotten the feelers that he's, he's an early second-rounder. So he's, so he's all over the place. I, you know, Some of the mock drafts have him mid-second round, late-second round. Um, the thing with him, though, is he goes back his junior year, may just pop into the first round the <clears> following <throat> year, so he does have a <clears throat> lot of decisions to make. You know, He was a five-star that went to Kentucky, then he transferred to UCLA. He's terrific. I mean, I, I saw him play a couple of times in the regular season. I was impressed. And then in the tournament, he was terrific. All right, let's just go to a school next. Kansas has two of these guys, okay? Aji Agbaje, a Kansas, 14 points a game. If you never saw him play, he's a really good, solid basketball player. Excellent defense, can shoot the three. 14 points a game for Kansas. I mean, this is a guy who will probably average close to 20 this year. If he comes back, he'll take that next step. Um He's another one that's, if you look on the mock drafts, he's mid to late second round. He's one of these ones making a very hard decision as we speak right now. The other guy's Jalen Wilson, 12 points a game, a freshman. I think he needs to go back. I think he's really talented, will probably be in the NBA someday, but not ready yet. There's two, Ken. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because that's a program that you have to be a little bit careful on. And I think if we had a Kansas expert on they would probably know at this point whether these guys are going on based off of also what Bill Self has done with his roster for next year. You know, is that spot still exist? And if it does, but it's, you know, a, a program like Kansas is going to have, you know, two or three five-star recruits or four-star recruits. So they're, they're, their spots get filled up very quickly. Now, obviously, these, these, these guys were leaders of the team, so they'll make room. But 
I think they leave kind of knowing that Bill Self has said it's a good opportunity to do so. And, I, I, again, I'd be surprised if either one of these guys show back up because their spots may be taken. I guess uh, Agbaji goes uh, goes NBA, and I think uh, Jalen Wilson comes back. That's my prediction. We'll see in a couple of days. The other school, they've got two people on the list, so we'll do them both. I think they will both go back because neither one of them I see too often drafted. Although I have seen Josh Primo from Alabama sneak in the end of the second round. Uh, and Jaden Shackelford. Jaden Shackelford, 14 points a game. Josh Primo, 8 points a game, but he, he's a freshman. I think, um, I think they both go back to Alabama. And by the way, Alabama's loaded. You throw these two guys back in, Alabama's a top 5 to 10 team if they come back. Again, I'd love to see the roster, what, what, how it's currently make up. And there's, if there's two spots there, that obviously is a huge win if they come back. Uh, they were extremely tough last year. I mean, everybody was you know, comparing them to uh, obviously the uh, success that the basketball uh, team, excuse me, the football team has had and now looking for the basketball team to have the and same. So if these two gentlemen come back, I think you're going to see a, you know, a top five or a t- and no less than a top ten team. Quickly, Kenny makes a good point in that the, if they come back, some guys that came over on transfer into Alabama are now going to sit on the bench. And or freshmen who have been promised time. Exactly. So it's a kind of a weird dynamic. All right. Um, one other guy I'm going to mention for one, one second, then I want to talk one with Kenny because we've seen the guy play 30 times probably. Hunter Dickinson on Michigan. Uh, everyone says he's going back. He's a freshman. He probably could be in the NBA, but he's definitely a guy that could use another year. He's a terrific college basketball big man. Uh, I hear he's going back to Michigan. That's what I keep hearing. He doesn't seem to be in the mock draft, uh, but I think he's not in the mock draft because everybody thinks he's going back to Michigan. Um, but the guy I want to talk about, because Kenny's a big Providence fan. I'm a big St. John's fan, uh, but we watched the Big East. Julian Champagny, a terrific basketball player, first team Big East, 20 points a game. Poor Kenny had to watch him take apart his Providence Friars. This is a guy that's right on the cusp. He's a mid to second round draft pick. If he stays another year, he'll probably moves up, but he could probably maybe even get to the NBA, at least the G League. If he if he goes back to St. John's, to probably a tournament team. If he doesn't go back to St. John's, they're probably not going to make the NCAA tournament. This is a huge decision for the Big East. Yeah, I think also, in particular, this is a totally different situation. If you look at UCLA and Kansas, they're able to restock very quickly. And again, they could go right to the transfer portal and, and kind of fill some of those slots as well. St. John's, that's not the case. So someone like Julian, who has had a, you know an incredible year, and, and they obviously look for him and his, and his leadership going forward, him leaving is a devastating blow. And so that... St. John's just doesn't replace him that quickly. And as, as Jimmy mentioned, it, it may determine whether they go to the tournament or not, or even worse, I mean, from a perspective of where they are next year without, without someone who really had the ball in his hand most of the time. Okay, folks, uh, we're bumping up against the halfway mark. Very fun first half-hour chat, open line show today with Kenny from Ryan in the studio. I'm Jim Maceno. This is College Hoops Chat Radio Show. Uh, we're going to head to our commercial break for the halfway mark. And then we'll come back uh, for the second half of the show. If anybody wants to call us, join us in the chat here. The number is 914-636-0110. That's 914-636-0110. I'm Jim Misano with Kenny from Rye, and we'll be right back.
Westchester's favorite morning show. I love the morning show. Good morning, Westchester, with Dennis and Tommy. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9, right here on 1460 WVOX. 1460 WVOX. All right, folks, this is Jim Massano, College Hoops Chat. In the studio with me is the infamous Kenny from Rye uh, joining us uh, tonight. So uh, thank you, Ken, for being here. James, it's good to be here. We had uh, one call already. If anybody else wants to give us a call, the number here is 914-636-0110. So we have a couple more names of guys that we were kind of concentrating on. The show is uh, on whether they come back to college. Right now, their names are in the NBA draft. They didn't hire an agent, so they have to July 7th to pull out. So next guy I'm going to bring up um, uh, a guy from Iowa, 15 points a game, Joe Weiskamp. If you watched Iowa, uh, Iowa this year, he can shoot. He's a great shooter, um, so he kind of fit in the NBA. I don't, I don't think he's kind of a defender on the, on the level of NBA. He probably could use a year to work on his defense, but 15 points a game, Iowa Big Ten player, he's pretty good. The other guy's... Not that far away, kind of local, Rutgers. If you watch Rutgers last two years, Ron Harper Jr. is a really good basketball player. This resurgence at Rutgers the last couple of years, I was on his back. He's one of their best players. He's he's somebody I think goes back. I think he goes back, but it's uh, unclear. Uh, what do you think, Ken? As a you know, I, I, that's a hard one. Uh, you know, you mentioned there that's that's the Big Ten because we've got Iowa and Rutgers mentioned in there, and that was the you know prior to the tournament that was the best league in the country you know, from a perspective of the overall competition and the rankings, et cetera. So I think both of those have to be looked at very strongly. Ron Harper Jr. I don't have a feel. I I, I didn't get the impression last year while he was playing that he, the pros were were in his sight at that moment in time because there again they mentioned there were a few holes in his game. Yes, Joe Westcamp. I didn't watch enough, but again. High level of competition, the best league, you know, during the season, during the year. So those those points have to be taken seriously. And the NBA is looking for shooters, and he can shoot. Yeah. So that's a key thing. The league has changed. You know, they're really looking for shooters. All right, the next guy, we're going to stay. We're going to stay for the next two. Two next two, we're going to stay in the Big Ten. As Kenny said, Big Ten was the best conference in America till they showed up in the NCAA tournament, and most of them lost, which was kind of unbelievable. I certainly was shocked. I have to tell you, and I was surprised. Pool. Yeah, ruined everybody's bracket, that's for sure. E.J. Liddell, if you watched Ohio State, he was a terrific player. Just a terrific college basketball player, 16 points a game. I like him a lot. I think he could be a pro. He's, uh, he plays really good defense, hits the boards. He's a nitty-gritty kind of player. Uh, I think he goes back to Ohio State, but if he thinks he can get picked in the second round, he may go pro. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're at the point, and reading a couple of articles in the papers over the last few days, it, it seems like you get a very, very clear indication of where you're going to go or if, if you're going to go in the se- in We're talking about the second round here, and some of them may be even flirting with the end of the first round. So we'll have to see uh, what each prospect can do. Again, Ohio State. Best conference in league year. He averaged the average sixteen point games. Ohio State restocks every year. Is there a spot for him to go back to if if he, if he kind of? You well, know. he's there. He was their best player. They'll find a way to get him yeah, on the court. That's true. Somebody else is going to lose their spot, yes. as we talked about yeah. before. All right, next guy I'm hearing and reading about Aaron Wiggins, Maryland, sixteen points a game. I understand that he may just stay in now. He's looking like a clear second round pick. Uh, Aaron Wiggins is going to stay in the draft. Um, I've only seen him play a couple of times. I don't know if you have, Ken. I know you're a bigger Big Ten fan than I am. Uh, I understand he's a terrific athlete, kind of fits the modern NBA. 
Well, if, if I'm correct, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Maryland was ranked in the top five for a short period of time and had some big wins. Yeah, they're good. So, again, you know, loaded up every year. Uh, I did see Maryland play a couple of times, very, very athletic. Um, you know, I, again, I'm looking at the points per game in the Big Ten, and that does matter. But as you say, what, what are they looking for in, in, in the NBA? Is, is he that strong of a shooter? Is he that strong a defender? And I think that you were finding he'll find that out in the camps over the course of uh, last week and then going forward this week. Right. So, so far, we've gone through a lot of names. I would say Wiggins, from what I'm reading, is one of the more likely to be drafted guys, which means he may just stay in the draft. Remy Martin, very interesting player. Played for Arizona State. Bobby Hurley. He had a great uh, team by talent, but they didn't play well. They had a very offseason. They didn't make the tournament. Uh, he averaged 19 points a game, Remy Martin. He was a transfer, I think, from Nevada. And then he went to Arizona State. Now he's on his third school. He transferred to Kansas. But he not only transferred to Kansas, he put his name in the NBA draft. So he's either going to um, go back to college at Kansas, a different school, or stay in the draft. Uh, I, I think he probably stays in the draft. But um, you know what? Kansas probably figured, we'll take a 19-point player, uh, a point-a-game guy. Uh, and he's very good. Remy Martin's a really good player. So we'll see what happens. All right, two more. Two more. Isaiah Mobley, that's the brother uh, of the Mobley at USC who's going to be a top five pick. He's really good too, but he's not his brother. He's older. It's his old, his younger brother uh, is the one that's uh, uh, rumored to be a top five pick. Isaiah Mobley is not his brother. Ten points a game. Probably should go back to college. Um, that's unclear. Since his brother's going pro, I wonder if he goes with his brother. But we'll see. Lastly, Isaiah Wong. I made a joke with Kenny. He's 17 points a game, best player on Miami in the ACC. Um, but Miami's not that good. Does he stay in the draft just because he's got to go back to a lousy team? It's an interesting question. Any comments, Ken, on these guys? Well, I think that's a great point. I mean, I, I think a lot of these people look at, at the perspective of going back and who are they playing with. You hear this all the time in football with receivers and quarterbacks. So I, I'm sure Isaiah is looking at the same situation. If I go back, do I get the high-profile games? Are we a good team? Do we make the tournament? Where a lot of times their 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 star is made, uh, so we'll have to see. But you're, as you say, I think he, he he's probably at 17 points a game in Miami, not having a great squad, and expected quote unquote not to have a great squad. He's probably gone. Now the reason I think Isaiah Wong hasn't made it official and hired an agent is he's not a clear second round pick. If he was, I think he'd already be gone based yeah. on everything we're saying. Yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll, as I say, he's getting that indication. Is you know as we talked about you know people that were mentioned in the post over the course of the New York Post, that is, over the course of the last couple of weeks, and how they've moved themselves up up into the ranks of the second round and, and you know, a, you know, a quote-unquote guaranteed second rounder because they're doing something really well. So you can probably look up Isaiah, and he's probably got a report card out there already. Right. So let's now let's go to four people uh, that were on the list that are no longer on the list. Okay? Uh, we have a caller. Oh, that's great. All right, well, we're going to hold the thought on the four players who are on the lift list but already decided to come back to college, and we'll go take this caller. Good evening. How you doing, Jim? It's Peter. Peter the Friar. I got another Friar in here for you today. Yeah, I just wanted – I know you guys were talking about college basketball, and uh, obviously college basketball is great. I want to get your thoughts on the NBA playoffs right now and what you think is going to happen if the Bucks and the Suns meet in the finals, which – most likely will happen. So I believe that it will be the Bucks and the Suns. I think, look, the Suns are up 3-1. They just have to... Uh, there's no way Clippers are going to win three straight. I don't see it. So I do think the Suns are in. Um, I think that other series is a little more wide open while the Bucks have really t- 
turned it around by winning two straight. The Hawks uh, uh, are certainly going to keep fighting. That team fights. There's a lot of fight in that team. Uh, they play defense. They play like a team. Uh, the only weird thing now is Trey Young's a little banged up, and he makes that team go. If he's really banged up, uh, and the Bucks uh, win, if the Bucks win another game in Atlanta and go up three-one, uh, and Trey Young is banged up, that series is probably over. So Atlanta is really going to have to win Game Four. No, I agree. The Trey Young is, I think, he's questionable for Game Four. But yeah, I like. I think the Suns. I don't know who the team to beat is right now. It's definitely not. Obviously, the Clippers without Kawhi are a different team, and they're nowhere near any of the teams. The Hawks, I agree, they're totally a sneaky team, but they rely a lot on the outside shot. And if you're right, if they lose Game Four because Trey Young is not fully healthy, it's over. Like going back three-one to Milwaukee, I don't really see any way. No, it's over. It's over. Milwaukee. First of all, they play great on their home court. If they if they go home with two of the last three games at home, it's through it. It's over. There's no way they, they play great on their home court. They're one of the best teams in the NBA on their home court. They're not going to lose uh, three games. There's no way. I, I think also you got to talk about health here, Peter. Right? I mean, we seem to have people dropping like flies. So you know, you, you tell me who's going to be the healthiest team going into the finals, and I can t- give you a better idea of what's going on. It seems like Milwaukee's the healthiest team right now across the board. Uh, you know, not losing out a, a superstar versus, as you say, the, the Clippers don't have a chance without Kawhi. I mean, I, I don't care. I'm right. Well, the Suns, but the Suns are getting healthy. You know, uh, Chris Paul's back. Uh, He's Book, the difference maker. Booker took off his mask. He's feeling a little more comfortable on the court. Um, listen, I'm going to be sentimental, Peter, to answer your original question. Uh, I'm going to be sentimental, and Chris Paul's going to lead his team to win the NBA championship. That's what I believe. Ken, did you want to say something? No, I, I, I'll, I'll take the other side of that. Due to the fact, as, I, as you mentioned, I think from a perspective of Milwaukee, is just so tough uh, on their home court. I've, I've always been a fan of the team. I think they've made a, a better team this year. I think they learn series to series to series. And again, I think they're the healthier team. I mean, we're going to have to see. But from a perspective of the, the dominance on the home court and then just a much bigger and physical team. Uh, the difference is, though, which we've seen with them, if the three-point um, shooting goes into the into the tank. All right, I got the Suns. Kenny's got the Bucks. Peter, the Friar, you've got the deciding vote. I'm going to go with the Bucks, And I wow. think the reason I go with the Bucks. both of these teams are interesting. You're right. Like, Devin Booker, since he broke his nose in three different places or whatever it was, he hasn't been able to really shoot the ball consistently. It could be the nose. It could just be him struggling. And he's really important. DeAndre Ayton is incredible. And Chris Paul, is, when he plays, he's, they're a difference maker. But I like the Bucks. And if I keep seeing the Chris Middleton we saw in Game 3, who had 38 points, there's nobody beating the team. If Chris Middleton's dropping over 35 on every game, not every game, but consistently over 30, it's going to be tough because you know you have Giannis with the 35, 11, and 10, the crazy numbers. But Chris Middleton... Had a great game three. If he keeps playing this hot throughout the rest of the series and then in the NBA Finals, it's going to be tough to beat the Bucks. But I like both teams. I love the Suns. I love Monty Williams. I think he's done an incredible job with the Suns. I think Chris Paul winning the NBA championship for the first time ever in 16 years will be such a great story. I would think the Bucks are going to win, but I'll probably be rooting for the Suns just because of Chris Paul and everything he's gone through. I agree. All right, so we have about a minute left. Kenny has a question for you. Go ahead, Kenny. Yeah, I think we'll flip back to college basketball. I know you were on campus all year, or, or relatively on campus. Um, and now we've got this change in college basketball with regards to the ruling last year, last week by the U.S. Supreme Court. 
And now we have also the situation with regards to the name, image, and likeness process. What do you hear up in Providence that's going on with the mill process? Um, I haven't heard a ton. I know that more of the sense that they believe that they should get paid for their license and all that stuff. But Providence does a great job in marketing their athletes, not just basketball, but all the sports. They do a great job, and it's a great athlete, and they love their athletes. So they do. Ed Cooley does a great job with marketing his athletes to make sure they get the right exposure. All right. Well said. Peter, thank you so much for the call. Enjoy that uh, NBA playoffs. I will, Jim. Stay cool. Thanks. Oh, yeah, you too. Stay cool. All right, folks, Jim Masano, Kenny from Rye. We're going to the commercial break, and then we'll be back for the final segment of the show. Start your mornings with radio's favorite morning team, Dennis and Tommy, and Good Morning Westchester. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9, right here on 1460 WVOX. 1460 WVOX. Jim Nasano at College Hoops Chat with Kenny from Rye, and uh, we thank our, our two callers so far. We appreciate it. If anybody else wants to give us a call, the number is 914-636-0110. That's 914-636-0110. We can certainly squeeze in some more calls. All right, so I mentioned before the break there's some players that in the past week or so have decided to go back to college. They were in the NBA draft. I'm going to concentrate on two um, and Kenny, feel free to jump in the conversation. So I follow UNC. They're one of my favorite teams. I watch most games. Love Armando Bacon. Very athletic, big man, a very happy kid, smiling, loves being out there, loves being a teammate. It's probably why I went back. Loves being a Tar Heel. Um, he's a very strong big man that could double-double every game. He's a guy that could score, you know, 12, 14 points a game, 10 rebounds. Um, they don't really have that. So if he didn't come back, North Carolina was in trouble. Getting him back was huge to any hope North Carolina had to win the ACC or be a tournament team that wins a couple games. And they do have a pretty good team, the rest of the pieces, but they needed a big man that got Baycott back. So that's a huge get for UNC to get Armando Baycott back. Who has a new coach. And a new coach, Hubert Davis, former Nick. Yeah, so we have a situation there from a perspective of the expectations, obviously, in that first year is are, are pretty high. You know, you're, you're replacing, as we talked about, kind of, somebody who could be on Mount Rushmore for college coaching, yes. Roy Williams, so that uh, getting someone like that back kind of stabilizes the program because he understands the system. So he brings leadership, he brings an understanding of the program, and he, so he can get off, you know, get on to the court and get going quicker versus, which I think, if I'm correct, North Carolina has a, has a fair amount of uh, movement this year on their roster. If, it's a, if They did. They brought in two big uh, transfers, one from Virginia, uh, one from Oklahoma. Now they got Baycott back, and they the one thing they had last year was three really good to uh, almost great guards. R.J. Davis from Stepanak. Um, they've got a they've got three really good guards back. Now you add the two transfers that are are bigs, and then you add Baycott. Um, now they're an interesting team. They are a team that could win the ACC. All right, the other guy you saw him play for the national championship team. His name was Matthew Mayer. He came off the bench. Um, for Baylor, but played a lot. Played 20 minutes a game. He uh, was a terrific shooter. Could drive. He could play defense. He's like a six foot eleven guard. 
Um, he, so he decided not to be pro. Him coming back to Baylor with all the guys they lost that did go pro um, is huge. I mean, this is a guy that's going to—he's going to average 10, 15 points a game by coming back. Yeah, my guess is Baylor turns itself into kind of the next level from a program that you're going to see constantly in the top 10, and then obviously we'll have to see how they do in the tournament. But again, they were so loaded last year from a perspective of going up against Gonzaga in the finals. I thought from the, the beginning, and that's why I had asked Coach Kennedy at the time, that, that is the difference going to be the bench? Gonzaga went two or three deep. It seemed like Baylor could play another straight-up five players. Uh, so you've got someone who's again who played a lot of minutes last year. Comes back again, knows the system, brings leadership, and, and just continues to build on the success that Baylor has. And right. As I say, I wouldn't be surprised if they're back in the in no 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 worse than the. Final and when you put him out there with Butler and Davion Mitchell, he saw he, he fit. Even though he's a freshman, he fit out there. He looked like he belonged. Now he's going to be the guy, and we'll see how he does. Matthew Mayer, watch him at Baylor. All right, another guy that I I have read about. I've seen him play only a handful of times, once or twice. I know he's very good. His name is Travion Williams. Uh, 15.5 points a game, 9.1 rebounds a game, even 2.3 assists a game at Purdue. Uh, Obviously, you get those kind of numbers back on a center uh, in college basketball, you're thrilled. That's a big person to come back to Purdue. Purdue had some good transfers coming in. I understand that's going to be one of the strongest teams this year in the Big Ten, and getting Travion Williams back was the key. I don't have the stats in front of me, but if I remember correctly, the, the constant uh, transition of who was either one or two in the Big Ten, Purdue was there for a few weeks. So you've, you've got a team that, you know, in a, in a division that was loaded up in the regular season, as we repeated over and over again, did not do very well in the, in the, in the dance. But from a perspective of what they've got coming forward, someone like that coming back, again, you know, the, the Big Ten has just remained strong, I think, across the board. And I, if I'm correct, uh, they the teams out in the Big Ten did very well in the transfer portal, so they were able to plug and play a lot of guys. They did. Well, look, you got Purdue was one of the best teams in the Big Ten, and they get Trevion Williams back, their center. W- w- big numbers we just read. Um, Hunter Dickerson was one of the best big men in the Big Ten this year. I, we think he's going to go back to Michigan. I mean, the, bring, keeping those... Uh, E.J. Liddell goes back to Ohio State. Another big... Uh, big numbers. Uh, you know, I think he had like 15, 16 points a game. These are major players. If they come back, it, it's really a big statement f- how strong the Big Ten will be. Well, all right. So we have. So we'll hold that thought, Kenny from Rye. We have a caller. Uh, good evening, Jim Misano here in College Troops Chat. Hey, Jim. It's John from Croton. Hey, hey, Ken. How are you? How you doing, John? Good. Good. I wanted to follow up, Jim, on uh, a couple of the previous callers. The uh, could it be Phoenix and Milwaukee in the NBA Finals? That'd be quite the uh, interesting market play there. Yes, I mean, I'm, I don't think New York City's jumping up down for the advertising revenues for Milwaukee and Phoenix, but I think they're two terrific basketball teams, and I'm glad they're in the Finals. And frankly, I get a little tired of seeing the same teams uh, every year in the NBA Finals. I'm going to love watching the Bucks and the Suns. Yeah, the NBA is also a stars league, so it's not just about the team anymore, so it's about the stars. So the Greek freak is, you know, probably one of the two or three, you know, best-known big men in the league. And so I don't think that hurts that much overall. I mean, we have a New York East Coast bias, um, but I think from a perspective of what you're going to see, it's the, it's the personalities that kind of drive the ratings. Yeah, you're not going to have an L.A., you're not going to have a Miami or a Boston or a New York. So it'll actually be um, something a little bit refreshing, something that, you know, probably we could all enjoy. I find it refreshing. Listen, Every time I watched the Suns this year, I was impressed. 
you know, Booker and Chris Paul and Aiton and, and a bunch of other good players on the team. That's a really good basketball team. And I'm happy uh, that they clicked with their former Nick as a coach uh, and, and, and ND, Notre Dame to the Knicks, um, as their coach. Uh, I, I'm very happy for the Suns. That's kind of a team that kind of built themselves the right way. Uh, and they position themselves now to maybe be the NBA championship. But at the same time, you can't not love uh, watching the Greek freak play. You can't watch. You love watching Middleton play. I mean, last night Middleton was incredible. I mean, that was like Michael Jordan type play out on the court. He was great. He wasn't good. He was great. So uh, if these two teams keep playing as they are, it's going to be pretty fun in the finals. I wanted to also ask both of you about... Um... What do you think about Giannis and his, the time he takes at the foul line? Uh, the fact that it's very close to 10 seconds. The officials are not going to make that call in, in these games. You, he's a superstar. Um, I, I'm just wondering what you both think about that. My guess is he's told before the game to just keep it keep it you know close to 10. Uh, they, they don't, they're not going to penalize a superstar for that. That would just be ridiculous. So if it was 11 seconds or... 11 and a half, I think. Uh, he'll just get reminded in before the game. So I feel a little differently. So I agree that I don't want to see that called. But if that's the rule, the league's supposed to enforce the rule. I expect they're going to revisit that rule when they discuss rules in the offseason because it, I think they set a bad precedent by not enforcing an NBA rule. Yeah, I mean, the speed yeah. of the game is so important in anything now because, as Jimmy and I know, the next generation, our, our sons, don't sit through three-hour games. So they you know, they fast-forward and get to the point. So exactly, everybody looks to trim that time. Obviously not advertising time, but game time. Yeah, I think what happens is um, sometimes the officials are just trying to make sure that the game goes along and that they're not in any way interfering. But at the same time, something like that, you got to get that early in the game. And if you get it early in the game, it won't happen again for the rest of the series. So it's a, it's a balancing act. It's bizarre, though, to watch these great athletes, these best players in the world, um, like uh, Janice and like the guy uh, on the 76ers, Simmons, that can't shoot a free throw. And these guys are these unbelievable athletes that can't shoot a free throw. Remember, okay. also, that use of time is, is, a, is a kind of an opportunity to take a, let's call it a, a, a mini timeout. Yes. Yeah, you know, the, the, you don't go deep, as deep into the bench as you do in the regular season, so those big guys log a lot of minutes, so they're going to utilize every single second they can to get a little bit of a little breather. breather, right. You guys both remember the CYO days when you didn't leave the gym until you made 9 out of 10 free throws or 8 out of 10 free throws. I guess that didn't, this rule didn't apply to those guys. No. Well, here's my view on this. I'll tell you both quickly. I believed it my whole life. I'll never stop believing it. If you can't shoot free throws or you shoot a very low percent, um, why don't you shoot like Rick Barry? Rick Barry shot underhand at 90 to 95% for an entire career. I've seen him talk about this on, like, on ESPN. Rick Barry's like, all of them would shoot better if they shot underhand. But they don't think it's cool. Well, didn't they get Shaq to do that on a short-term basis? They tried to get him to do it when he just couldn't he make anything. He wasn't good at it. Yeah, and he just wasn't, he wasn't much better at that either. And but the crazy one was Will Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain was not a good free-throw shooter. He started shooting one year on underhand. His percentage went way up. And the following year, Will said, yeah, I don't like how that looks. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's true, too. I think they were so worried about image. But in reality, uh, they were winning games, too. But, uh, you know, how it looks is important to a lot of people. That's my point, John, is, you know what? Um, 
Forget about the image, NBA players. You know how you get a great image? When you win the NBA championship. Learn how to make your free throws any way possible. All right, that's yeah. going to be last word. John from Croton, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Kenny from Rye, thank you for coming to the studio tonight. Thank you, James. It was a pleasure. And I look forward to coming back for our last show of the, uh, that's called the, the year, per se. Yes. And obviously we'll have a, a lot of information with regards to who's in and who's, who's coming back. And that will be interesting to see. Yeah, July 12th is our next show. And we're going to be talking all about the players that are going to pull out of the draft, go back to college. It'll be a fun show. Jim Maysano here, College Hoop Chat. Folks, we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, have a great 4th of July holiday, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>